We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? This is KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. I'm DJ Kissel. Thanks for hanging out, spending part of your day with us. Please hit that like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or hit that follow button if you're watching or listening, excuse me, uh, on your favorite podcast platform. The Prince of Chiefs content, Nate Taylor from The Athletic and Times Hours fame will be joining me here in just a few minutes to answer our weekly five burning questions, just as we do every Tuesday here at KCSN. But before Nate tells us if the Chiefs have any shot to beat the Bengals on Sunday, a quick word, you know the deal from our friends over at DraftKings. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Chiefs opened as two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bengals, and that line almost immediately dropped to just one point. Obviously, the public is loving them some Bengals right now, and based on the way they dominated the Bills, plus Patrick Mahomes' health with that ankle, I get it. I would never bet against Andy Reid. We're going to get Nate's thoughts on here on this here in a little bit, but the Vegas line does not surprise me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code KCSN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on the Prince of Chiefs content, Mr. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate. Tell me something good. Uh, they've accomplished the mission, in my opinion, BJ. I, I've mission said accomplished. This before. Put I, I've a said, banner I've, on a ship. I, I'm not it's saying bring out, a, not bring out a banner, <laughs> but I just want to remind people, they made the AFC championship game uh, with a team 
with probably half the guys who really hadn't obviously played in the Super Bowl, had not made the Super Bowl, of course, a lot of the rookies actually played pretty well Saturday against the Jags. So that's the yeah. first thing I can tell you that's good. The, the, the second thing is, hey, uh, I know this is, you know, Nick Wright, uh, and I want to give him total credit here. Cause he Ooh, said I haven't it, seen this one yet. Because, well, he said it, like, midway through the season, and I was like, I don't know, Nick, because, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's the halfway through the regular season. But he started talking about the Arrowhead Invitational, mm. and it was something that, like, I had not heard before. And I was just like, you know what? That is really catchy, and they've done it again. It, they yeah. are they are hosting the AFC Championship for a historic unprecedented yeah. fifth straight time it is legitimately the arrowhead invitational i know some people are now calling it the patrick mahomes invitational because <laughs> uh, he's obviously played in the previous four he will probably play on sunday i would find you know he, I, I would say this patrick mahomes would have to have a, a legitimate setback for him not to play sunday yeah. against the cincinnati Bengals. right now um andy reed on monday said that he doesn't feel like it's now good <laughs> I, I should preface this this is the coach who's not dealing with a high ankle sprain. What the coach said, well, you know, he had a similar high ankle sprain in Jacksonville, uh, ironically enough, to start the 2019 season. And he he played every every game up until the dislocated kneecap against the Denver Broncos. So I put it on Twitter. He threw four touchdown passes. The the, the following game. Now, now, yes, the, the, the Bengals are not the Oakland Raiders of 2019. I, I remember all of this because the play in which he got hurt in Jacksonville was also right at the same time in which Miles Jack and the whole Jacksonville Jaguars team lost their mind yep. and almost had a fight on the field. It was the first time I had ever been on the sideline doing sideline radio <laughs> and I had Mahomes hurt. I had a fight breaking out. Miles Jack was kind of walking towards mm-hmm. where I was. He wasn't walking towards me, but where I was standing on the sideline, Kelsey's chirping. That was in he and Ronnie Harrison were getting into it. There were so many things going on <laughs> that I just had like an absolute anxiety attack on the sideline. Telling my producer, <laughs> Dan Israel is like, there are so many things happening. It's 118 degrees on the field. I do not know what to do right now, Dan. Please coach me through this. So I remember that. And then I remember the game at Oakland because that was the last game ever played in NFL history mm-hmm. on a baseball fi- baseball slash football combo field. And uh, remember that one well. But, yeah, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to come out and throw that. I saw you guys all tweeting, all the beat writers tweet that comment about the one in Jacksonville was worse. Maybe it's the context context now because now we know what he is and all the records that he's broken. I was right there. This one looked a whole lot worse. And this one, because of the context, is in a much different uh, situation, Nate. But. Um, before we get into the five burning questions, I do want to ask because you can add so much color to these stories because you're in the locker room, because you're at mm-hmm. the pressers and you can hear the tone and the you kind of get a vibe of how people talk about it and how people answer this. What can you tell us about the way the locker room was after that game? Was it still upbeat or was it like, I'm glad we won, but shh, 15 might be might be a little down right now? Uh the the entire essence of the locker room, BJ, was whoo! <laughs> All right. Okay, we got another week. Woo! And, you know, some guys are already talking about, like, hey, 
you know, we played on Saturday. So that means Pat's going to have yeah. Sunday all the way through like halfway of Sunday because, of course, the AFC, uh, the league does this every year. They alternate who plays the first championship game. But this and year, no traveling. And no and traveling. And no right. traveling. Which I think is huge because you don't want to put uh, a quarterback on an airplane when he's trying <laughs> yeah. to reduce swelling in his uh, in his in his ankle. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys were pretty relieved. There was a, a little bit of joy, I think, for a lot of the young guys. Right? Um, they'll never forget getting that first win in the postseason of hearing a lot of the veterans talk about it, but obviously not going through it for the first time. Um, for someone like Jalen Watson, like that's a pretty big moment. That's a moment where. I made a one-handed interception mm. to essentially like seal a victory on national television in the postseason. Um, you know, for guys like Isaiah Pacheco, like it's these are pretty big deals. This obviously boosts the confidence level for those guys, but I get the overall sense that the team was just like, "Thank goodness we got through that. Thank goodness he's upright, and we'll see how it how it looks as the week sort of moves on." And I think you know Wednesday's practice becomes really the most important practice of the entire yeah. season. Um, and how he does, how much he's managing. I mean, I'm going to probably project right now and say he'll be a limited participant. But what right. you hope to see is that he's limited Wednesday and that he can at least do the same stuff Thursday because, of course, that will be the first time he'll really move on, on his feet, uh, yeah. really go through the dropbacks, the, the fundamentals, the, 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 the actual you know tools that are going to be necessary to throw the football. Um, if he practices Wednesday limited and he does it again Thursday – that is at least a good sign that, okay, he's trending in a direction where he can be available to the team on Sunday. And watching that game, at least from TV, you know, we were up at the Holiday Distillery, doing a little watch party, a uh, little birthday celebration up there. And I was watching him on the sideline and he wasn't, it was when Henny was in and he obviously mm-hmm. wasn't coming back in right away, but he was standing up and I'm like screaming at the TV, like put him on a couch, get his foot <laughs> in the air, get that thing taken care of. Rick, I know you're a professional, you know what you're doing, but I'm a, I'm a genius over here. I'm three drinks deep. I know <laughs> what to do here. It's like, get him off his right foot right now. Let's take, take all the advantage of all the time that we got in case we win this game to get that foot in the air. But um, before we move on and get to the five burning questions, you were mentioning like in the locker room, obviously the young guys, uh, Pacheco, Jalen Watson, stepping up huge uh, in this performance for their first win, um, as you mentioned, as rookies. Uh, was Brett Veach like walking around the locker room with like a cigar in his mouth, just kind of like, you know what? Anybody want to ask me a question? Anybody want to talk to my guy? Was he hanging out with Pacheco with his arm he's, around him? He's – <laughs> He's trying to save it for one more week, BJ. He's trying to All save right. it for one more week. The way this normally works, uh, this is sort of inside journalism, inside how you know the sausage is made. But in essence, if the team wins Sunday and they have advanced to the Super Bowl, Brett Veach will be waiting for all of us. <laughs> he will have his own impromptu press conference. He yeah. will obviously praise, you know, Mike Bradway, and obviously. Um, you know, Borg- Mike Braganzi, uh, yep. you know, obviously Chris Shea and Britt tells what they do with the cap situation. Um, he will he will go chapter and verse <laughs> as to how a rebuilding year landed them in Arizona. So he was not in the locker room on on Saturday. You know, he was uh, he was he was he's a professional. BJ, he's mm-hmm. been in these playoff situations before, uh, but it is a massive indication that like hey zay jones can get open once in the second half hey christian kurt really good player but when we gotta have it he's not going to impact the game 
He's not going to make – he's not going to be a reason why we lose. Uh, you know, Nick Bolton in his second time around, he's going to be in position to get the football when LeJarrius Sneed in his third time around gets the fumble. Um, you know, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, they did work. Did absolute yeah. work on Saturday. So, for a lot of the young guys on the team, obviously um, what Chad Heaney provided because – I'll be honest. I wrote a story at the end of the preseason, BJ, on the preseason finale where I said, you know, chest year 15, 37. <laughs> Shane Bouchelle looks good in the preseason. I don't know. Like, I know his contract is pretty much guaranteed. That was the case. That's, you know, obviously tried he made the roster. But I was like, I think we got a real competition for quarterback, too. Because Chad Haney did nothing in the preseason. And now, um, now, ladies and gentlemen, you know why I'm not a coach, why I'm not an evaluator. (laughs) Now you know why I try to provide information and not projections uh, to to this extent. So um, with Chad Haney doing what he did and the young players uh, just being supplemental complementary players, that's just like, man, they got a a really nice balance. They got a really nice blend of veterans and young guys, and that's going to obviously position them well in my opinion, for Sunday's game against the Bengals. All right, let's get into the five burning questions. Let's talk about this game against the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, Kind of along the lines of the Mahomes stuff. I'm going out of order here because we were already just talking about this, but uh, what's a bigger factor, in your opinion, in the Chiefs beating the Bengals on Sunday? Patrick Mahomes playing at an above-average level compared to what's expected of him right now, or Mm. the Chiefs' defensive line playing at an above-average level for the chiefs to get this done. I've got my take. I've shared it on the last two shows. I do like 15 shows a week. So a lot of my <laughs> takes people listening to these hear them multiple times. I can't come up with a hundred different takes. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You want to be consistent uh, but, for sure. Yeah. But I, I got my thoughts on this. You let me know. What do you think is a bigger factor in the chiefs winning Mahomes playing better than we expect him to with the bum ankle or the chiefs defensive line playing better than expected. And basically to your point, uh, actually, I don't want to give that away. That's the next one. So D line, or Patrick Mahomes, who has to play better? I'm gonna say this quietly. It sounds a lot louder when you do that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Just because my I'm so close to the microphone, I just want to I just want to let everybody know. Watch that Bills Bengals game again, and tell me if the boys wanted to be on the field in the second half. They didn't. Yeah. Um, it has been it. You know, I didn't know if someone was gonna let this out the bag because, like, I kind of heard this. Um, I can't I can't reference the gentleman's name right now, but basically uh, the Bills have acknowledged that they were exhausted yeah. through everything that they have went through for understandable reasons. Yes. The Chiefs defense is healthy. The Chiefs defense is motivated. The Chiefs defense won the game in the third quarter, BJ. Mm-hmm. It's about the defense. It's about getting pressure on Joe Burrow. And I know the Bengals offensive line played well. The Bills have no pass rush whatsoever. They had three replacement level offensive linemen and got no pressure on this man. Zero. He got to do whatever he wanted in the snow, and that's hard to do. All I'm trying to tell you, BJ, is for a whole week, you're going to hear about how excellent Joe Burrow is, and he is excellent. He is the modern-day Drew Brees because all he does is get that like, look at his completion percentage. He's Drew Brees with better weapons. It's it's honestly he, terrifying. He gets the ball out in like 2.2 seconds. 
He's the Drew, second fastest in the NFL to get the ball out. He's very kinda, Drew Brees. That's good. Kind of sounds like Drew Brees. Um, I know people want to compare him to Brady. He's not Brady. He's Drew Brees. Um, also, you mean to tell me that if Spags and Joe Cullen look at this film, can't cook up something to get pressure on Joe Burrow in a hostile environment with three guys that have to play again? It's not like, hey, you know, one of their starters can come back. Like, unfortunately. He's gonna have to get the ball out real quick. And then of course it comes down to tackling. But the Bills defense was an abomination on Sunday. Yeah. They I didn't was, want to be there. I was it, it, so it was off. I was so sad because look, Matt Milano can't be your best player. And that's and that's not saying anything bad about Matt Milano, but like he can't be your best player. Not with like you know, obviously Jamar Chase on the field. Somebody's got to pressure Joe Burrow. It can't be Matt Milano. Um, yeah. So this comes down to Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Hell, Derek Knighty had an amazing second half mm-hmm. on Saturday. Colin Saunders got some pressure. It's going to mm-hmm. take a little bit of from everybody um, to make this work because there's got to be a mismatch and you've got to be you've got to exploit it. But I just want to tell people right now, don't you dare look at that game on Sunday and think it's comparable to like what the Chiefs could do because the yeah. The, the Bills didn't have the players on defense. And I know Josh Allen's going to get a lot of flack because he did not play well. His accuracy was porous. Um, that's what we've seen from the Bills this year. That mm-hmm. to, to fairness to everybody that's really paid attention. And we've talked about it on this show. Mm-hmm. Brett Coleman's talked about it. Trevor Sikama's talked about it. But like The Bills have relied too much on him going God mode Superman and having to do mode. everything himself that this was inevitably going to happen when you have to beat two or three good teams in the playoffs in a row, that at least one of those games was going to them reverting back to what we had kind of gotten glimpses of during the regular season and ended up biting them. Uh, My take all week, Nate, has been all week. It's Monday afternoon when we're recording this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But my take has been as much as people want to make a deal of Patrick Mahomes' ankle, and and it is a thing. Andy Reid Reid has eight days to game plan an offense around a quarterback who's not quite mobile. I have enough trust that Andy Reid can develop a game plan that will make sure that Patrick Mahomes is not being put in a bad situation, whether it's mm-hmm. more to Kadarius Tony, whether we can get somebody else back that I don't want to give away one of the burning questions, another player that runs similar plays uh, to Kadarius Tony. But that's been my take is I'm not worried about the offense because I do believe that Andy Reid will scheme something up to where the Chiefs offense will be able to be function enough to put points on the board. It's going to come down to the defense. It's going to come down to the defensive line. And one player in particular that you said his ring of honor type game of getting that done was last week against the Jags. I'm saying it's this week. We're going to get more with Nate Taylor right after this. And who needs this win more Chiefs or Bengals? That's the next question for Nate right after this break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, we've got one burning question down. We've got four more to go. This one, who needs this win more? The Chiefs, a Chiefs team that has not beaten Joe Burrow, that we are going to, I'm already sick of it, and we've barely got into this week <laughs> of nobody giving the Chiefs any credit, but they deserve. Hey, as much as we get annoyed about it, that it's in, this isn't even yeah. Yeah. people making people having to stretch to make this take they have beat us we have not beaten them i get that who needs this win more though for legacy type purposes i know everybody wants to win i get all that but is it a chiefs team that people doubt whether or not they can beat this Bengals team or is it a Bengals team that for going to the super bowl getting back to the afc title game was still seen as the number three by most people it's not just the biased chiefs on it was bills were the favorite chiefs yep. were right behind him and then the Bengals were just that other team who needs to win more I love this question because obviously both need it, uh, right? right. That, that's the that's the beauty of it. If I have to pick, I kind of want to say the Bengals just because of everything I've said all season long. Um, guys, you're not supposed to make the Super Bowl this year, like that. Like <laughs> yeah. when the season began, yeah. the, when the season began, the Chiefs were not supposed to make the Super Bowl. Now, of course, Mahomes has had an MVP season. Uh, the defense has gotten better as the season has gone along, and obviously, the young players have been really. Um, they have been developed at a rate that is truly commendable from the coaching staff based on what the front office did and sort of identifying those traits and obviously finding ways to acquire them in the draft. Um, they don't have Tyreek Hill. Like that, that's still a fact, right? Like, the, like I know Travis Kelsey was, was awesome, was obviously at Hall of Fame levels in Saturday's game. But I do think the pressure is more on the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes is not healthy. He's not fully healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Burrow has been the second best quarterback in the league in the second half of the season you go through every stat every metric it is just like man this dude is playing lights out um, they are in a situation where they're going to be where the Chiefs are probably in at least a year or two from a cap standpoint because Joe Burrow still in his rookie contract mm -hmm. Jamar Chase still on his rookie contract hey T Higgins still on his rookie contract Obviously, they invested a little bit in the offensive line in the offseason. Um, they have really nice veteran players. I call them red chippers. They do not have a blue chip player on defense at any level. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is like kind of their best defender, but sometimes I'll think, oh, it's Logan Wilson. And then other times I'm like, man, Cam Taylor Britt is like really good for a rookie. <laughs> I don't know who their best player is on defense. Maybe it's Mike Hilton just because he can provide 
obviously coverage yeah. and obviously, you know, being in, in the box and being just as good as like Legereus Sneed does. for the That Chiefs. dude is everywhere. That That's the guy that I talked about earlier with yeah. Matt Miller. It's like, I know he's probably Jesse Bates would be another guy that could consider mm-hmm. their best player, the safety. To me, it's Mike Hilton because he's absolutely, I don't think grading wise any of that mm-hmm. he's going to grade, but he is in my opinion, the most valuable. Yeah. He's, he's always around the ball yeah. when they're blitzing, doing a lot of the creative mm-hmm. stuff that uh, their defensive coordinator does. 21 is the one that is making it happen. Uh, yeah. Very similar. I wouldn't say similar in play style because Tyron Matthew, I'm not going to compare anybody to that guy. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a, a person that just kind of everywhere does a little bit of everything, to me, that's Mike Hilton, their slot nickel cornerback, number 21, everywhere. But they're red chips because they're obviously talented, but they're just technically sound. They don't miss a ton of tackles. They're always in the right position. You know, some some third downs, it's like you said, Mike Hilton is coming down and he's going to be in attack mode. Sometimes it's Von Bell playing the robber role. Sometimes he interchanges with Jesse Bates, which is similar to what Spags does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Amaruno, their, their defensive coordinator, sometimes he obviously drops back eight. That's what worked, you know, last time in the AFC Championship game, in particular in the second half in overtime against Mahomes. Other times he'll walk seven guys up to the line of scrimmage, and you cannot tell who's coming based on either the tendency – the time in the game and obviously the down and distance situation. So they are coached really well. They are uh, not necessarily system players, but they are quality players who do rely on one another and are able to feed off of one another in terms of their roles or their dualities at times. Yeah. I think the pressure's on the Bengals just because they're going to have to make, they're going to have to go through the roster churn mechanisms that the salary cap just forces upon you. And Joe Burrow is going to now command Top flight money. There might be yeah. a time in a, in the next 18 months where Joe Burrow is making more money on a per year average standpoint than Patrick Mahomes. That's that's like the wild thing. But like based on certain, football money, sure. Yes, based on and like yeah. setting yes. the market and the timing of yeah. which you get to it. Um, does he deserve more money than Dak Prescott? Yes. Does he yes. deserve more money than whatever Justin Herbert gets? Well, Justin Herbert ain't even won a playoff game. So what did you know Josh Allen get? Joe Burrow should get that and more. Uh, yeah. So there might be a time where, you know, the the way the roster is built, the, the, the advantages they have really set them up to obviously go on a run last year and then this year. And look, 15 is not healthy. Like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what Rick Burkholdel and his staff will really do. Well, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll obviously report on this as the week goes on. Um, but if you're going to go on the arrowhead for an AFC championship game, what better position to go in knowing that like you've beaten the team already. You do have the psychological, maybe mental advantage because you've proven it not just once, not just twice, but three times. And their quarterback isn't, isn't fully healthy. He's, he's not capable of being as elusive as, you know, extending plays and doing obviously the Mahomes magic that we see. He's going to have to do it um, a completely different way, in my opinion, versus, you know, Every check's got to be right. Every adjustment's got to be there. Yeah. If I audible to this, you know, it's because I've done so much film study and I understand my opponent so well that I'm going to find a way to nickel and dime us down the field. And hopefully, to your point, maybe Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, and Andy Reid have some schemes, have some plays that they haven't shown yet where you can yeah. really get the ball in space to somebody like Kadarius Toney uh, to maybe get some chunk yardage out of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the pressure's on the Bengals just because uh, – they have a team that really stacks up with any of these other three 
in in the race, right? I mean, yeah. they have a better quarterback than San Francisco. They don't have as many high-level players in San Francisco, but when you look at the defensive numbers, they're not far off. Um, they've obviously beaten the Chiefs before. And I think for the Eagles, uh, you know, the Eagles roster is probably the most stacked from a yeah. talent standpoint, but I think the Bengals could be argued as, you know, 1A to one there to their 1B, or they could be right there 1 to 2 um, when you look at it from top to bottom, 1 to 53. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with anything you said about the pressure that's on the Bengals and the the roster composition. And for Mike Brown, the Bengals owner, not <laughs> notoriously for not spending money. Mm-hmm. I do not see them shelling out money for Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Uh, I just don't see all those guys getting paid. And so in that mm-hmm. regards, their window is small unless they have a GM that makes moves like what we've seen from Brett Veach, where it's a rebuilding year and they're the number one seed and they go out there and play. But I would argue that there's just as much pressure, if not more on the chiefs. And this is an unfair statement. And I'm going to clarify this and I'm going to add this disclaimer before I do. I understand that this is not a, a fair ask. But for the way in which nationally people have talked about Patrick Mahomes in anointing him because he has deserved it. He has Mm -hmm. the best start to any quarterback in NFL history Mm -hmm. in which we discuss him, the way in which he annoys people saying how many times we see on Twitter. Oh, if Patrick Mahomes did that, like the internet would break (laughs) like that stuff happens because Mahomes has earned the right to be that dude. He is him. He is that guy beating a team that you've lost to three times in a row in the playoffs in your house with a bum ankle is the kind of storyline that people get really tired about hearing with Patrick Mahomes. So in that regard for a chiefs team that had everything working against them, I think there is pressure on the narrative that has been placed upon Mahomes and this chiefs team that we, now we are the team that everybody is gunning for. I said for years, let's not become the Patriots. Let's be nice and not be like these condescending fans that talk down to everybody. (laughs) And then inevitably it's not even fans, although they defend it. It's everyone else talking about the Chiefs, which just pisses off every other fan base, and then we become the target. So the narrative being able to say, our quarterback, best to ever do it, on a bum ankle, still went out and beat you. We just didn't give it to you like we did last year. I think for most Chiefs fans, Mm -hmm. we'll say, the Bengals didn't go take it last year. The Chiefs gave it away. Speaking of last year's game, and this goes into what my third burning question for you, Nate. You had mentioned last week that you thought the game against the Jags was going to be Chris Jones' opportunity to put his name up in the ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Didn't disagree. He had a great game. He had six pressures. Yep. Chris played he was, well. He was really he, well. No, he was didn't really get the well. Sack, which is fine, but he did enough to disrupt and, and be a, a problem for the Jags. For me, it's this one in this game against the Bengals because okay. of what he said last year after the Bengals loss in which you remember the game, there were a handful of plays that Chris could have made and didn't, which ended up being the ones that stick in my mind out of like, man, if he just would have brought Joe Burrow down on this play. So for me, this is the game that Chris Jones can etch his name up in the ring of honor. How do you feel about Chris Jones opportunity to cement a legacy? That's not just man. He's a phenomenal player. Great dude. Big freaking big. I mean, this is the most endearing way. He's like a giant kid. (laughs) just a giant fun kid to be around uh, who just happens to be an absolute animal on the football field. But what are your thoughts on his opportunity this week against the Bengals? If it happens and it happens early, he could really impact or influence the play calling from the Bengals. And I, and I get the sense that obviously Chris knows uh, that it's important for, you know, his, his resume for his reputation that he does get a postseason sack. Um, You know, he got really close last week against, the Jags, um, the closest he's ever gotten is last season against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. But 
if they win an early third down where Chris um, is schematically given a one-on-one, where obviously it's a clear passing down, you can sort of put the linebackers in the A-gap or you could put him out wide, which they did at times against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, hey, we know that that's a, you know, a, a replacement level guard or tackle. Um, let's see. If he gets pressure early, if he hits Burrow early, I think that can have a cumulative effect because we've already talked about how quickly Joe Burrow gets the ball out before anybody touches him. What happens if all of a sudden Jones dominates the line of scrimmage in a way that the Buffalo Bills could not? I cannot stress this enough. When the Bengals wanted to take shot plays down the field last week, Joe Burrow was under no pressure whatsoever. He felt comfortable. He was able to scan the second to third levels of the defense. And he's so accurate enough that, like, of course, Jamar Chase, even if he's double covered in the end zone, it's still a gorgeous ball. It was it was a touchdown. I know they overturned it, but like that's one of the best plays that I, I think I've seen in a snow type game. But he was under no pressure in that situation. So if Jones can get pressure, if Jones takes on double teams, which I imagine the Bengals' entire game plan is centered around doubling this man and holding this man. They cannot call a hold on every play. I want to get this out of the way right now. I know Chiefs fans are going to be upset on Sunday because they're going to show replays where Chris Jones is getting held. Who's the ref? Do we know who the ref? Have they announced those assignments yet? I have not seen that, but – but look, I got triggered as soon as you said Chiefs fans are going to be upset. I'm like, mother, if you tell me that Carl Sheffers is calling this game, I don't, I don't, I don't know who's calling the game, BJ. I don't care who's calling the game. I'm just going to tell you what the Bengals are going to do. They're going to double team Chris Jones as many times as possible, and if he gets leverage on you, hold him for dear life because that one holding penalty is way more valuable than having Chris Jones either hit Joe Burrow a strip sack impacting the quarterbacks, you know, clocking his head as to when he needs to get the ball out, obviously giving the defense a a momentum-boosting, you know, potentially game-swinging play, like the hold is more valuable. So even if you have two holds in this upcoming game, that is an achievement because as long as Chris Jones doesn't hit Joe Burrow, I think that should be their game plan. That's ultimately what worked in the first matchup against the Bengals. They double-teamed him when he got leverage and he got an advantage. They held on for dear life. And, you know, the referees didn't call those those holding penalties or those potential 50-50 judgment calls based on subjectively how you sort of interpret the rule, um, which means, hey, Frank Clark needs to play well. Carlos Dunlap needs to play well. George Karloftis, the list goes on. But even if Jones doesn't get a sack, he can still impact the game because you might realize that the Bengals have to double team him on more than two-thirds of the snaps, which means there are one-on-one opportunities to have an advantage elsewhere. I might regret this later, but I have some beautiful news as we sit here today <laughs> that Ron Torbort, Torbert Tor- will lead the crew for the AFC championship game. He's fresh off a Super Bowl assignment from last season, but mm. this will be Torbert's first conference championship game. He's in his 13th season, ninth as a referee, his 11th postseason assignment, including three wildcard playoffs, six divisional playoffs, and then this will be the first conference championship along okay. with the Super Bowl from last year. So. Maybe it'll be the next ref in line that Chiefs Every, fans remember because of Andy, a bad situation. But Andy Reid is doing a disservice to the team if he does not have the pre-game sort of meeting and advisory with the refs to say, "Hey, look, last time around we think Chris got held a few times. Just keep, gonna hold. They can't block him. Just keep your eyes in the backfield. You know, when when certain things are going on. So like." 
you know, before every kickoff in an NFL game, obviously the refs meet with each coach and the coach yeah. sort of says, hey, we might have this on the way. Be aware of this. Obviously, right. Bill Belichick is great for like, hey, guys, we might run wacky formations to really upset John Harbaugh in an AFC championship game to go back to the Super Bowl. We just want to give you an understanding that's like, we're going to do some funky you-know-what out here. Um, just make and sure we're lined up. rules about how much you need to be able to tell the other team that guys are ineligible and like yes. the whole, yep. yeah, yep. the whole that's deal. It. So, look, I would just, I would advise injury. Hey, look, we looked at the tape. We know they're going to probably double team him. Just keep your eyes, just keep your eyes on 95. And if he's being held, because we know that, that that's a tech they're going to try to use to make sure that their quarterback stays upright. All right. Biggest matchup for you in this one, plus a McColl Hardman update and his prediction. More from Nate Taylor right after this. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Nate Taylor from The Athletic, wrapping up this show with our final two, we'll call them quick burning questions. Uh, Nate, first one, biggest key matchup for you. I know we're early in the week, Mm -hmm. but what is the biggest matchup for you in this game? Nick Bolton versus Joe Mixon, or how you say P. Ryan's first name? Samaje. Samaje. Oh, man, there's so many names you got to remember. Um, but yes, that that I know that's probably not what people expected. But look, guys, the middle of the field is open. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. and the Bengals took advantage of it in the first matchup. And look, even in the AFC Championship game last year, Nick Bolton said, I missed a couple tackles. I missed a couple chances to have some interceptions, one on a tip ball, one on a scramble outside the pocket for Joe Burrow. I, I think if Nick Bolton tackles better, if he tackles as well as he did against the Jaguars and look, you're going to be in a lot of third and fours, a lot of third and twos. And now it's time to have your best players win on the money down, whether that's luxurious needing the back end, obviously, you know, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. Um, Obviously if you get to third down, it just lets Spags get wild. Um, Yeah. Spags don't save any more blitzes. Like he, he ran some stuff in the fourth quarter. That was absolutely maniacal, Um, (laughs) but you might need more of that against Joe Burrow just because of, obviously, the, the firepower that the Bengals have. But it all comes down to how do you do on first down? Um, the Bengals yeah. are totally comfortable running the ball on first down or sort of saying, hey, like, if we get to second and six, we are great because now we can do what you know whatever we want in the playbook. Um, it's up to Nick Bolton to make these tackles in the middle of the field, whether it's Hayden Hurst, who played really well on Sunday, or yeah. obviously the running back matchup where, hey, he's he's a really good player for us, just as he's a really good player for y'all. Um, who wins the matchup more between – you know, the running backs and or Nick Bolton. 
Yeah. And I would go as far beyond Bolton when you're talking about tackling, going back to the first matchup because of what Justin Reed had said and all eyes were on him. That the safeties did not tackle well in mm-hmm. this game either. And Joe Mixon didn't play in that game. They were trying to tackle Pine and couldn't do it. And so Joe Mixon's a whole different kind of animal. And so, yeah, that the safeties being able to come up and tackle. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see at least once. And I know they're so dangerous with their double moves with Jamar Chase, but knowing that Joe Burrow gets the ball out so quickly that I'm going to give a shout out to the defensive quality control coaches. I want somebody to find the right tendency and the right situation, the right formation, the mm. right splits by the wide receivers to where mm-hmm. they say, Hey, when they're in this part of the field with this formation and these splits, he is going to run a dig or he is going to run a quick out or a slant. And I want Trent McDuffie or one of these young corners to trust that they're not going to get completely burnt and maybe just kind of give like, you know, Thornhill Hillary Reed, like, Hey, I'm jumping this quick one. And if I get beat, like you make sure you protect me on the backside, mm-hmm. but somebody go try to make a game changing play. And some of those instincts and those, we see it with young cornerbacks within the division, uh, Asante Samuel, Patrick, Sertan, yeah. like you see it with the great, the great cornerbacks who make those game changing plays that sometimes they gamble. And that gamble is based on the information that they talk about throughout the week. And they say, when they're in these splits, 70% of the time, they're running this road. They have that info. Yes. They just need to remember it in the moment and trust hey, I'm going to make a play here because they haven't really shown to jump a lot of these routes. So there's not a tendency that these guys can be- beat on all these double moves. Now's the time to go and trust it and go God, try to make a, a play. Great, that's a great, that's a great thought. It's a great thought because so far this year, they just said, hey, just stay in front of your man or stay hip to hip with them. Yeah. The you ball's know. coming out quick. We know that. So we, yes, you do the route combinations, they're not going to run a triple move on. Like you may run a sluggo or something. And as long as the safety mm-hmm. behind you is aware, you can communicate a little bit with him. Go steal a possession. Go try to make a play. Uh, try to jump something. Because, you know, this, it's a split second. And same thing goes for the safeties. When you see the splits and you see the formations that dictate, hey, we know what they like to run in this situation. We know the ball is yep. going to come out quick. Take advantage of that on the back end of things and try to go make a game-changing play. God, it's, 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 a, it's a great point. It's such a great point. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Let's move on to the next one. I want to get a great point. I need information on McCole Hardman. <laughs> is he going to play again this season? Because again, same reason I think Kadarius Tony could be the biggest X factor for the Chiefs in this game, knowing that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to scramble a lot. He's not going to make a lot of things happen. They're going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. It's going to be a very horizontal type stretching you out mm-hmm. kind of situation. And players like Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, it's a huge effect. And then McCole Hardman could conceivably on paper make a difference here if he can get out on the field. What are your thoughts on McCole Hardman's availability this weekend? Um, this is the week. Uh, now, I've said before he's had two setbacks. Um, he yeah. had a mini setback last week. They didn't want to rush him or put him in a um, difficult situation. So he didn't play against Jacksonville. Um, if he practices on Wednesday, that is the first sign that he's going to try to he's gonna try to tough it out and go. Uh, he needs to practice Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday and Friday. Um, I don't think Chiefs fans should ask a ton for McCole Harmon if he is in uniform Sunday. But if okay. McCole can give two to three memorable moving the chain plays, that might be enough to get you from, you know, field goal range to in the red zone. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, uh, the game really starts on third down and red zone between these two teams. These teams can move the ball up and down the field. You know, you sort of saw that in the first meeting this year 
and obviously in the postseason last season. Um, but Cole's going to try. I don't know if he's going to have another setback and if that's going to obviously impact his availability for perhaps even the Super Bowl should the Chiefs win on Sunday. But if yeah. he does play, uh, he's going to be at sometimes a decoy, sometimes an option that you really have to account for because he does have elite speed. And then, yeah, if he feels comfortable, can he give one to two to maybe three memorable snaps for his teammates to get them in a better position to win the game? We already know Mahomes is going to try to do everything he can um, and that they're going to have to be ultra creative in sort of moving the football down the field, especially early when he has to find a way to get into a rhythm in terms of here's what I need to do for accuracy. Here's what I need to do for my base. Here's what I need to do to sort of get my get through the progressions without having to totally worry about you know how my lower body's reacting to you know how the treatment has gone and obviously you know not playing on adrenaline like you did the first time um of course the offensive line is gonna have to be excellent this is a huge Jarek mckinnon game in my opinion um yeah. and of course they may have to run the ball out of shotgun exclusively because it's hard for a quarterback to turn and run stretch plays if he ain't got his ankle right uh every time they wouldn't shotgun I kind of held my breath, BJ. I know they did it for yeah. like, you know, we got to do it for balance purposes. But every time he did it in Saturday's game, it was it was like, who hold your breath? Can he can he make the landmark in time to get the to get the handoff correctly? Yeah. So maybe that improves over the week. Who knows? But I do think McColl will try. It's just a matter of how does he do in Wednesday's practice? Does he get through it correctly? And then Thursday, can he sort of maintain those level of reps so they can at least see the see his part of the game plan on the field in vision and then hopefully realize that like he's not having you know too much pain in his abdomen you know midsection area it's really right i don't know if it's totally a core muscle because there's been some discussion about that we have not say, never talked, really we have not talked to mccall hartman really, since the injury occurred but nobody it's not like rick or any like monaco none of those guys came out and spoke to speak mm-hmm. about what this injury actually was we still don't really know if it was a hernia or something else correct Correct. It could be a hernia. It could be, you know, obviously when he was on the injury report, he was in, he was on the injury report most recently for a pelvis. So I don't know if there's, if there's a, if there's sort of a, uh, a, a strain there or a pulled muscle somewhere in that area, uh, or we don't know if it's, you know, related to the fact that like, obviously he's the injury started in like that core muscle abdominal area, um, earlier. So, you know, it's might be a situation. And again, it'd be helpful if the chiefs, we're transparent, but you know, for strategic advantages, this is what NFL teams do. Um, right. whether yeah. one they injury, I want the NFL, I'm kind of glad they don't give it out. <laughs> like, we as much as I curiously want to know, like, I McColl doesn't need that out there, like, the players don't, yeah. need that so, out there necessarily. So, so he's trying, but he's gonna try to play. All right, what's what worries me most about you just mentioning that you know, Mahomes under shotgun, what are they gonna do at third and one and fourth and one when they can't run that little inside fullback trap play, which worked about 37 times in a row and then now has not worked in about seven straight plays? So you gotta come up with something else on third I, or fourth and short. I will just tell people it's third and one. If they're in shotgun, the, the coaching staff has basically acknowledged he has two chances to get one yard with the run the Chad Henny. We're gonna call it the Chad Henny play. Because we've seen it a couple of times from Chad Henney, which throws the quick out to the slot receiver, he, like, let's get rid of it. Can he roll out, though? That's the thing. Can he roll to his right like Chad does and, and find, you know, the easy the easy outlet, uh, whether that's Tyree Hill or Kadarius Tony? I don't I don't know. It'll be fine, like, that's, it's that's, not as big. It's not as bad as the Jacksonville one, remember? Everything will be, everything will be fine. 
it's a lot of you get a lot of optimistic talk on Monday, BJ. You know this. You get a lot of optimistic oh, yeah. on Monday, and then and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, reality uh, becomes more of a you uh, becomes more prominent in in terms of Jay Glazer magnitude. Jay Glazer's report was Sunday morning saying Mahomes woke up and felt better than he expected. Like, well, thank you for making me feel better. I don't trust any of this. Uh, that's a Vegas line move. Uh, it still didn't matter because it went down to one point. All right, Nate, before we let you go, give us a score prediction. What do you think is going to go down in this? Oh, game? God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. He's going to pick him at this point, which with the Chiefs being at home, we had talked about this earlier, and I think it was you and I that talked about it, saying don't be surprised if these two teams meet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Bengals come to Kansas City, and they end up being favorited because we are going to have all kinds of ammunition and all kinds of things being said that will keep the players fired up. But uh, let's add some more. I'll send this to the Bengals crew. Know a couple of the people in their internal video department. They came from Kansas City. They want to beat the Chiefs as much as anybody. I'll send it straight to them, so this will go straight to the, the bulletin board material. They need some more after – they found the t- the reef the ticket refund. That's what they used as motivation. Mm-hmm. We did a whole podcast on that. Yeah, I I know. Like Every I'm around. One I'm, does it? <laughs> Sorry. Use what you got to use, though, BJ. Use what every you team use. sells tickets ahead of time. The Bengals did it themselves. Every every team's got to. Hey, hey, look. He he got. By the way, Zach Taylor. I mean classic coach got in the locker room and said where else do we want to be than kansas city and i was like coach is called cincinnati that's where we want to be coach coach we want the game to be at home i want to be in my own <sighs> home city that's where i'd want to be where we wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here boys and it's like do we have to go to arrowhead we did that last year oh so look Use what you can do, you know, psychologically uh, motivate yourself. Get 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 every, you know, get everything you've heard. You know, we don't, quit, we don't. We, quit we got, dancing around at Trebek. Who's going to win this game on Sunday? Chiefs uh, or Bengals? I'm around this team more often than, than the Bengals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Nate. Bengals Matt Miller already picked the Bengals earlier Nate. this week. Bengals 27, Chiefs 23. Just th- look, 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 I, I said it when the show began. The Chiefs have already done what I thought was going to be extremely challenging for them to do this season. Now you're asking, and I'm not saying it can't happen, but you're asking Patrick Mahomes on one and a half feet, basically. Damn right we are. To, to <laughs> take you to the Super Bowl. Oh, if he pulls this off, it will be more impressive in some ways than he did in 2020 when he had the turf toe and he had a concussion. I know some people were like, well, he never, he was, was never diagnosed. Guys, you don't. When he came back from a dislocated knee, but. Oh, well, at least that was, <laughs> then, weeks, that was weeks out. By the way, one of, that the, was... one of the most amazing plays is, dude, your, your kneecap was dislocated and in less than a month, you were throwing jump pass darts to McCole Hartman for touchdowns. That was the it, night that Paul Shreppel became a Kansas City legend. If you don't know the name yes, Paul Shreppel, yes. he's the doctor who ran on the field and reset his kneecap. Yeah. Thank you, Siri. Um, and so, and so, she even look, knows I, know, is. I know he is the best quarterback. I know he is the most talented passer of the football in arguably NFL history. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are also really, really good, and their quarterback is less injured than the Chiefs' quarterback. And 
maybe this will prove that coaching really matters. Because if the if the Chiefs coaching staff can mitigate the what you would assume would be a a schematical disadvantage, and maybe even give you a small advantage schematically, then all praise to what the Chiefs coaching staff has done and will do obviously Sunday. But I think it's fair and understandable to say um, this is a tall task. This is going to be a lot harder than it was to beat Tennessee in 19. Uh, You had all the experience and you had the better team in 2020 and you're at home. Um, We all found out last year that they were not the more talented team. And that might still be the case, even with a worse circumstance, because your quarterback is not as healthy as you would like him to be in the most important game of the season. So I think it's I fair to say Chiefs twenty. I, I think it's fair to say Bengals twenty-seven, Chiefs twenty-three. Will I be surprised if Mahomes guides them to the Super Bowl? Not necessarily, but I also understand no. too that like this is one of the few times all year where I think it's 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 appropriate to pick the opponent to beat the team uh, that I cover just because I, I know what the Bengals will provide on the other side wow. of the field. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. Nate. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't think they're a more talented team. If Jonah Williams and the offense and Leo Collins were playing could convince me of that. I don't think they're a we'll more see. talented team. And I don't think last year proved anything other than the fact that the chiefs completely let their foot off the gas in the second half of that game. And they gave it away more than the Bengals went and took it. But dang, Bengals win again, and they go 4-0, and they beat you twice in a row in the AFC title game at home. Call him daddy. Like, I don't know what else you do at that point. It's mm-hmm. like, they do it. Yes, there's excuses. Patrick Holmes, little banged up. Again, I think this is going to be part of the narrative when 20 years we talk about Patrick Holmes. You talk about, remember when he had a bum ankle and he went and beat the Bengals team that no one gave us credit, including our own Nate Taylor, gave us credit that we could go out there and beat. I can't wait to talk to you next <laughs> I week. Have to be, I, have I can't to be wait reasonable. to talk to you next Tuesday. I'll oh, be in Vegas. If they ruin a trip to Vegas for two years in a row and we're out there and they lose, I'll be so angry. So angry. (laughs) We'll start our draft content immediately. I get it. Upset. I get it. I get it. It's really tough. Like, I don't even know who's going to win the other game, guys. Are you going to go on times ours and pick the Chiefs to win and just cover all your bases? Or you're you're locked in. You're the you're the first person that's that's asked me. Um, so I'm gonna be true to form. And unless I see something on a Wednesday or a Thursday practice that tells me, ooh, he moved first ten minutes, he, that he warm up, moved. yeah, you're gonna watch the kick. Ret- you're gonna watch the kick returners catch like six passes. Listen to this some music. Watch Jay Harris maybe punt a few. Yep. And if and if he moves, if he moves really well, or hey, maybe maybe if I, you know, the thing I will, I think I'll remind people really quickly in 2020 the AFC Championship game uh, with the turf toe with the concussion. You know, obviously having a concussion the previous week, being in the protocol, mm-hmm. I, I I put this on Twitter. Somebody can find it, but like I put it on Twitter that in the pregame warmup, this man ran a route like he was a wide receiver and ju- and caught a jump pass. From so like that's what you want to see, and that's what and that's what I said. <laughs> oh, he gonna torch these boys. And so if Patrick Mahomes gets in the pat and go line Friday before at Friday in the early part of practice when the linemen are doing pat and go, or, Mahomes or, runs over and gets involved. You're going to change your prediction. If if he does a, if he does a nice job with a little bit of burst in the pregame warmup in the AFC Championship game on Sunday, I will change my tune. I, obviously, I'll let y'all know on Twitter. But it was <laughs> at that point where I was like, "Oh, this is this spells doom for, Man, for Buffalo." I like. 
still love you, but I don't like you very much right now, Nate. I just ha- I have to be honest. You asked me an honest question. I gave you an honest answer. We'll see. I if hope I'm right. We'll see. Let if us I'm know right. in the comment sections how you feel about Nate being honest <laughs> right now. He's completely unbiased. I respect it. I respect it. I am I a I am a professional journalist. You just asked- said if Patrick Mahomes gets a little sauce in pregame, you're going to change your prediction. I also said that too. All right. That's Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll have plenty more content getting you ready for Chiefs and Bengals on Sunday. Most of us will be out uh, in Las Vegas covering the East-West Shrine Bowl and covering the AFC Championship game. So we'll have a busy week at KC Sports Network gathering content that we'll post here in a few weeks once the season is over, hopefully after a Super Bowl win and Nate is proven wrong about what's going to go down in the AFC title game. But we appreciate you all for hanging out. Hit the like and subscribe, follow us, and shame Nate on Twitter. See y'all. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.